another time. All right. All right. We are on episode 49, and Kala what? We are going to be kind of uh, making some shockwaves in the Superdorf community. Um, for those of you that are into the locality game, um, this might be like super important information for you guys to hear for those of you that like couldn't care less about localities um i know nathan is like a morph guy and localities are like a cool positive second um yeah i mean for me it's always you know size is the most important of course i want to represent my animals correctly but size is king for me right um and so today what we are going to talk about and i know that i've been making comments on facebook lately about the tk quote-unquote Kalatoa line. Um, We're going to be talking all about that and um, whether or not we actually think that they are true Kalatoas or not. And for those of you that are listening and tuning into this episode, if you did not watch the previous week's episode, please go ahead and do that. It, it, we talk about how we consider localities pure or not tracing back lineage, all that good stuff. And the information that we're going to be presenting today is we're going to be doing exactly that. We're going to be tracing back history and providing you screenshots of the history of TK Superdorfs. And uh, yeah, so Nathan, before we even jump in on that, um, I want to make a few disclaimers um, that I think are important. Some of them I think can apply to me and Nathan, and then some of them from me from a personal perspective that I just want to make sure that people have very clear. Um, Number one, and I think this stands for both of us, this is not a video that we are producing to call anybody out, to call breeders out about lying or spreading misinformation This is not a video to throw shade at Travis Cubis, who established this line. This is not a video to throw shade at anybody who has sold these animals as Kalatoas. Um, This is solely a video to present factual information that we have collected online. um, And we are going to present it to you guys. And the question is going to be whether you guys also think that we have maybe misrepresented this very infamous line of superdors that are out there. Yeah. Um, um, I think the biggest thing is just transparency within this industry. Um, we've been talking a lot about that over the last month or two with everything that's been going on. So this is just an extra bit of transparency, I think. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows, on Morph Market, and are all over social media. Sometimes it may feel possible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Designs helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brands for US Arc, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics through first working with Garrett Hartle. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started 
or you're ready to take things to the next level, you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows, you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd, and you want to make your own way doing what you love. And also, you have big ideas and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake and have a conversation. To learn more or get started, visit stuartdesignbrands.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brands own markets. Stuart Design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animal's comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. Yeah. Transparency and again, just to keep you guys informed about what you guys are buying. Um, secondly, in terms of like bias, right? Like, I have zero bias in this. I have bought a TK animal myself. I have one in my collection. Um, so again, this is not for me to try to say that, oh, my Kalatoa line that I've bred is is the only, you know, pure, like I'm not doing that. I, I, I have bought a TK quote unquote Kalatoa um, that, you know, I now have some new information, the same information that we are going to be sending you guys. Um, and... Yeah, we're going to share it with you guys. So, Nate, before we get started, man, I've said that like 10 times. (laughs) We're we're Uh, started, Lucas. It's it's officially time. We we are started. We are definitely well into this. I just want to throw a shout out again to our Patreon. They've kind of gotten some of this information before. Um, 
not as in-depth as his episode, but I always got to throw a plug to our Patreon <coughs> members over at the Retick Lounge on Patreon. Shout out to you guys for all the support that you guys have given us. And then, Nathan, talk about our 1,000 subscriber giveaway that we're doing before we jump in. Yeah, so as soon as we hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, we're going to be partnering up. I mean, we're already partnered up with VivTech, but we are going to be purchasing ourselves a package of over $300 worth of goodies from VivTech products and sending out to one of our lucky thousand subscribers. Yep. And we're excited for that. So for those of you listening, if you're a fan of the Retake Lounge, if you like what we're doing, share on your stories on Instagram, on Facebook, share on your profiles, do everything you can to try to help us get that 1K subs up. We're hoping to get that before our one year anniversary of our first episode, which is August 12th. So if we are able to hit that even better, we're going to do a live episode when we are doing the giveaway as well. And hopefully one of you lucky listeners are going to be getting over $300 worth of VivTech products, including an LED light, the mount, their uh, gateway for their sensors, a temperature sensors. and Camera, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep, we're going to throw a camera in there for you to put in your enclosure or somewhere in your snake room so that you can monitor. You guys are going to be set up with the best products that VivTech has as on their website uh, and then um, don't so, don't forget every hundred subscribers after that we're pledging a bronze membership over to us arc as well so uh the giveaways yeah. will not stop there yeah so let's go ahead and before we outline all the screenshots i kind of want to give an outline and a timeline of the events that transpired about the tk superdorf Kalatoa line that is out there so that you guys have at least a summary before we jump in. Um, but if you watched our last episode, it's really important to be able to trace back information and to have solid information. If you guys are going to be considering something, a pure locality. And the reason why this is so important to me and I feel so passionate, like I'm passionate about this is because we can't import anymore, at least legally. And, um, I don't see really anyone illegally importing locality stuff. And so it's, if you guys think about it, even just over the years of 2022 to 2023, majority of the infer or the majority of the clutches that have been produced for Kalatoas have had a TK animal in this. So the preservation of Kalatoas to me is just as important as any other locality. And um, what this has really shown me is that uh, maybe Kalatoas might be more rare than we actually think after this information. So, Or some other localities that we see as rare are not as rare as we think. Right. So let me go over just kind of a summary of information. Um, and Nathan, we could do a back and forth on this if, if you want. But the, the very first information that was found with the Travis Cubis animals is there was a post that he made um, in which on the on the Retic Nation, Gavin Bow, who is uh, uh, an admin, he was kind of like the, the big guy in that group for a long time. Pretty sure recently he stepped down for some other crap that was going on. Um, but there was a comment that they made um, that Travis originally got his animals labeled as Jampea, and they were imported by Bob Clark. And for the first few clutches, 
he sold them as Jampeyas. Now that information was from another forum that we were unable to get some screenshots with, but well, I think that's it's also because it's to... early 2000s. I mean, yeah, 2008, 2009. So the information from the forums that we were able to gather, get screenshots of and everything like that, it all spans back from about 2011. Right. Um, and so he got them imported or he bought them as Jampeyas, right? And so we're talking about the TK line animals that you guys know today as Galatoas. They were originally considered to be Jampeyas. And um, Travis Cupis at one point had a conversation online that we'll be able to show the screenshots of someone saying like, oh, those look like super dwarfs. And he then started calling them super dwarfs in which he coined the term um, Travis Cubis line super dwarfs. And in that whole mixture of post and information, someone had even mentioned in a comment, Oh, those kind of look like Madu. And Travis was like, yeah, you know, they kind of do look like Madu's. He never called them Madu's though. Um, and at, at one point randomly, um, he decided to start calling them Kalatoa in 2013. And I think what's important to note is that in that time frame, Kalatoas were selling for much more than just your superdors. That's when the importation ban kind of got cemented and people were paying more for specific localities. Um, and just kind of like on a post on one of his clutches, he just decided to start calling these animals Kalatoa. Uh, am I missing anything? Is there any other information from that that you think is is relevant to um, that aspect? Uh, in terms of what I've seen, uh, maybe just the other locality being brought into it uh, and being questioned. Okay. So I th I think that it's important to also note that on a recent video that was taken down on Reach Out Reptiles page, um, Aaron Metcalf and, and Garrett Hartle were were on a video doing a video of the Travis Cubis line. Now that was taken down because of the um, you know sexual or not sexual, but the um, yeah sorry redacted domestic statement. violence. Nothing. Yeah, it was domestic violence. Um, I got you know my work brain just kind of took over. Um, but yeah, it was a domestic violence, and so he decided to take it down. But Aaron Metcalf stated, kind of like almost in quotations, is all of this came from a pair of wild cots. And so there's been a lot of even arguments of whether, you know, Aaron Metcalf's understanding of this that Garrett validated in this uh, video was that the Travis Cubis line came from a pair of wild caught adults. Um, and I think that's important to note as well, because if we're talking about understanding and tracing back information, we have two sources that are saying it came from an individual line, but other people are also saying that it might've been some other animals involved. And so just a lot of questions that are kind of up in the air. Well, and there were two people really, two major people really working with, uh, importing these, uh, right then, which was going to be prehistoric and Bob Clark. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's also so later down the line and Bob Clark has even done this recently, you know, he went back to say like, oh, I got information from the exporter and they said that they were from Kalatoa. 
and I think the first time that Bob Clark went out and said this was back in 2016, but Travis Cubis started calling them on his own Calotoes in 2013 before Bob Clark even established any of the information that, you know, whether we take as valid or not. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's go ahead and let me switch over screens. going to start uh, sharing some of the slides associated with this. All right. So Nathan, we're going to have the first image pulled up. And again, what we are going to show now is the timeline of screenshots that we have to kind of just back up everything that we've just said, because if we didn't have this information that we were going to be presenting it to you, you guys could easily say that, you know, we're talking out of our ass, but that's not what we're trying to do here at the Retic Lounge. We're just trying to present the information as we found it. And Nathan, go ahead and talk about the first photo right there that's on our screen. Yeah. So uh, this is, like we said, starting back in 2011, uh, 2011 Pure Super Dwarf Retics. They were priced at $350 for males, $400 for the females. Uh, under the comments there, um, he says the parents are Pure Super Dwarf that were produced by me. Um, someone commented, I know they're going to be small. I just haven't seen that good looking super dwarf in a while. And they don't look like prehistorics looks more like Bob Clark's. Yeah. I think what this is important and what it's establishing is back in 2011, when Travis said the parents are pure and they were produced by me is that this is him going on the record stating that these are pure super dwarf retics, not Kalatoas. So this is where he first started calling the offspring uh, pure Superdorf and not Kalatoa. And it kind of just distinguish where they could have originated from, but that'll all come up later too. So on the next image, um, so one thing next, that I think it's, a, oh. one thing that I think it's important to note is that um, from these animals and these babies that were produced, there were, uh, there was an original wild caught male that ended up being an annery male. Um, and so oftentimes you'll see throughout these about like Annery or Het Annery. The male was the one that was established as uh, an, an Annery male. But in this picture here, again, Travis in 2011, but later in November, says pure Superdorf, 100% Cubist line Annery, female, 750, have one male available, two for 500. So again, Travis Cubist line Annery. <laughs> female it's a good looking annery yeah i mean i mean i let's let's be real the tk lines in and of itself are beautiful freaking animals yeah the way they fire up and fire down it's second to none i'm not gonna discredit how they look at all yeah my my male that i have is phenomenal which by the way he's available <laughs> all right so next yeah okay so uh again we're uh looking at the annery female this is uh, Cubis line, pure super dwarf, annery female, 1750 shipped. And then we'll move on. Uh, this is also in November of 2011. Uh, day six, wild caught super dwarf annery male. So that's just showing that annery male. It uh, looks like he's in with the female there. Right. So this is kind of establishing for those of you that actually want to know where your TK animals originated from, it's from these animals. So this is the Annery male um, that was paired off to another female. So this was again, back in 2011. 
um, where he was pairing that anery male to an adult female. All right. So moving on, uh, we jump up a few months. We're in July of 2012 now. Uh, we have a wild caught super dwarf anery male. Crappy pick, but for size reference, he is a little guy. Right. And I think what's uh, important here is some of the comment oh. stuff. So in the comments, uh, and I don't know why these the conversation back and forth, but Travis says, thank you, sir. Had to prove it out. This is the boy that originated my line. So again, he is stating that his line that he originated, the one that we all consider the TK line, he is labeling as a pure superdorf, a wild-caught superdorf and remail. He's saying, I got him seven years ago and honestly had no idea. I thought he looked a little different, but didn't think much of it at the time. Could be Madu. I have thought he looks like yours, original from Bob, so I don't know for sure. So he's even saying he got these animals from Bob. I don't know what locality they are for sure. Now, I, I don't know why it's not showing up in that conversation there, but someone was agreeing and someone was saying, oh, it looks like Madu. Um, yeah, someone had a Madu animal uh, and Travis is just stating could be Madu. I have thought he looks like yours in the originals from Bob, so I, I can't know for sure. Right. Um, and so I'm going to pause right here. Glenn, why isn't that picture of Gavin's post on there? Why am I talking out of my ass about Gavin making a statement without the actual factual information? Why, why I, I saw that picture like two weeks ago. Um, okay. I'm just going to have to edit that into the video. Um, that shouldn't be too terrible, but yeah, no, I just need to remember and not go. It. All right. Nathan, go ahead and take us into the next image. Yes, sir. Let me get up here. All right. So now we're looking at two separate pictures just so we can go through the comments on these. It's the same picture, um, but the context in the comments is what we're looking at here. So uh, this is in 2012, again, in November. Um, pure Superdorf and Pure Superdorf Annery, a year and a half old. Uh, we hear amazing work. The silver eye is sweet. Uh, let's see. They're just talking about the difference between the annery there. Um, for me, it looks harder to tell as adults. It's very subtle morph because of the color and of the color of the retic doesn't have a lot of red to begin with. Um, oh shit. Sorry. In fact, show. it just, yeah, it says, in fact, it just aids in the shade of the snake. And then uh, someone commented, Kalatoa seems a lot like the anery in the photo. Hardly any orange, mostly green, gray, yellow, brown. Understanding that Kalatoa is not anery, but having that anery color, would they be able to produce the same effect or close to the same effect? And then Travis continued saying, it's my opinion that most Kalatoas are anery, but need to be proven out with a proven line. So I, I like that he actually says that because I think that's even still going on in this day and age about like proven annery and trying to prove it out. It needs to be proved out with a, a proven line. So even back then, you know, 11 years ago, um, good wise information that I'm sure he wouldn't even have realized how that's still playing a part today. Um, 
All right. Are you struggling there? (laughs) I am struggling super hard with how we have these pictures set up. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. The next one is a picture of which, by the way, um, as as he's talking about this. So for those of you looking at this picture, tell me that does not look like most of your TK animals out there. And then also ask yourself and maybe ask someone across the pond what other locality that might look like. Um, but anyways, Travis Cubis posted this January. I mean, it's already 9th been of, mentioned, so right, Madu. Um, the open back pattern. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I there's we have a Patreon member, Luke. He's over in a uh, a Scotland, and um, yeah, I guarantee you, he'd probably jump on this and say Madu. Um, but anyways, all right. So January, um, I, I was screwing around with the picture anyway. Um. So, January 20, 2013, on this next picture, we have him stating a pretty Kalatoa head anery. Open back pattern again. Looks like all the TK line stuff that we have here in the States and are being sold left and right. Um, this is the first mention of it being called Kalatoa. Um, but then we go down to the comment here. Um, and the original male anery produced her bred to another super dwarf. So let me give you guys context. Pretty Kalatoa Het Anery. How is it Het? That means that it needs to have been produced by an animal that was a visual anery. And in the comments, he says here, the original male anery produced her by being bred to another superdorf. So he is stating that the original male anery that when we talked about in previous slides, could have been Madu, could have been anything, but he didn't know because it came from Bob, and that was the original Annery that established his line. Again, I'm quoting everything that we just talked about. That animal produced this Kalatoa Annery by breeding it to another Superdorf. Now, I'm not. I'm not trying to come out here and i'm not saying that tk intentionally lied to people this was back in the day where people were probably guessing localities by looks and maybe he talked to someone and said no i think those might look like cow toas but again i want us to ask the question based on our last episode if we are trying to actually establish the tk line as pure Kalatoa, and this is using the original male annery that was unknown by the breeder himself of locality, now all of a sudden we have a female here being called Kalatoa. Yeah. It, it just, it, it's one of those things that you have to ask yourself. Is it, is it actually Kalatoa or not? So let's go to the next one. All right. So um, in March of 2013, pure super dwarf retics being laid today, another TK you know, looking animal from what we know today. Um, We have Shane commenting on there just back and forth with Travis. Awesome. Who's daddy? You having another knockout year? And then he says, pure SD male going for a couple of clutches, pure SD. So So just nondescript locale. Nondescript locale. And it was after the date of January 9th where he's talking about now he's calling them pure SD again. So, on the, the next image, which is he a hasn't, collection of three, just again, it's more going into the comments here. 
Right. So in 2013 in April now, he's saying very nice clutch of Superdorf retakes late tonight. Sure can't make enough of these. Um, someone down there said, what's daddy? Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting way. <laughs> asking who the, the sire is. What's daddy? Uh, um, thanks, guys. Enrico, yes. I have F2 females. Michael, this is my third clutch of pure SD. Have a couple more that will have morph crosses as well. Um, let's see. He goes on to just kind of giving her size and weight, 8 foot, 15 pounds. What was the pairing? So... Uh, pairing is pure super dwarf to pure SD Kalatoa. So, and again, remember that that pure SD Kalatoa was the one that originated f- from the unknown locality, um, Annery Mail. So, on that next picture, he has eggs that are dimpling, a couple that are pipping, and um, so. It's here the day everyone has been awaiting. Uh, It was June 4th, 2013. CBB Pure SD retakes are pipping today. So, awesome. Hell yeah. Next one. Oh my gosh. Jeez. We're going to get canceled before our one year. We're not going to ever monetize. All right. So... On this next picture, this is June 12, 2013. Remember, the last one was June 4th. So, nice pile of pure SD retakes getting ready to shed soon. Still have very limited numbers. Um, again, this is just following this same clutch that we have been following that he is calling a pure SD, but he is saying that the mother was a Kalatoa that came from the original wild-caught annery male that was only labeled as an SD. All right. And I'm going to I'm going to play oh. devil's advocate here. All right. No, 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 you can go to the next picture, but I'm going to play well, devil's advocate. Well, the next picture we need here. to we need to kind of dive in a little bit different. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um if if let's say that this pure Kalatoa female that originated from the undocumented Superdorf Anry, let's say she was a pure Kalatoa, but he's breeding it now to an SD that he's not identifying as locality, then those babies right there would they be pure or not, Nathan? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Just I just wanted to clarify it, that. If you're just labeling them SD, then no, I, I don't think you can call them pure anything if you don't know what the locale is. Right. And we do know that based off of one animal that, again, I'll just reference, came from the original undocumented wild-caught annery, he, he threw out a label. He said Kalatoa, so he knows what localities are, but yet he's still calling these babies as SD. So, okay, tangent over. Next one. All right, so this is just a price list from back in 2013. Uh, really not much to go over here except for these little bits at the very bottom. So um, pure super dwarf to pure super dwarf Kalatoa. Quote unquote. And that was that female that he was referencing. Mm-hmm. Cause if uh, you go back to those hatch dates, and <laughs> you go back to that picture of when she was on there, that's the animal that he's talking about. That again came from that undocumented Annery male. And then the next clutch he had that year, pure super dwarf Annery to a pure super dwarf. Um, and he's just, he's marking those as sold uh, or their, their selling price. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if anyone cares to know for just the anery, uh, the pure SD anery to the pure SD, he was asking $500 for a male, $850 for females, and $1,200 for a pair. On the pure SD to pure ST, SD that he was labeling Calatoa in 2013, 354 male, 500 for a female, and 700 for a pair, which you'll never see that. Yeah. And then the next couple pictures um, are just examples of um, the babies that he was posting for sale. And some context. And some context. So again, June 2015, pure Superdorf male, 350. Someone said they look awesome. Travis, I'm still trying to convince the wife for a Superdorf tiger. Uh, Next picture is talking about uh, are they good at rat disposal? If you know a retic, they definitely are. Um, (laughs) So yeah. Now let's go on to the next one. This is in 2014. Um, and again, this is just a, a picture of him producing what was a pure SD female on top of a pile of eggs that he bred to a marble and labeled them a pure Superdorf or, or labeled uh, no, them no, marble, Superdorf marble Superdorf. And not, yeah, yeah, marble Superdorfs without any locality information. Okay, next we have June 14th of 2014. So we're getting into kind of the end of uh, Mr. Cubis's reign. Um, nice clutch of pure SD Kalatoa locale. $500 for females, $350 for males, $750 a pair, $50 shipping. Due to high demand, I can send pics, but I cannot guarantee exact animal pictured. There are more people in line for them than snakes, so act fast, first come, first serve, over half spoken for. So, again, now in 2014, with the Lacey Act stuff is definitely going into place, we're losing importation, and localities are going for way more money than the undocumented localities. All of a sudden, these animals are now being labeled as Kalatoa. And I, I feel like in the price list a little bit too, uh, when he typed in pure SD to pure ST, uh, he had in parentheses Kalatoa. But yeah, for that, for that one female. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think this was the first time that he actually established an entire clutch he produced as Kalatoa and not just a single individual animal. Yeah. That's the first time you're seeing him post them as a a full clutch of Kalatoa. Absolutely. Right. And so that kind of ends our slides in terms of that. So let me just bring me and Nathan back over and I kind of want to just recap and summarize everything and provide some context onto why this is, um, this is kind of big in terms of locality stuff. So Nathan, I'm going to ask you to pretend with me real quick. And I'm going to ask you to like pretend you're a locality nerd like I am. Okay. Okay. So um, based off of our episode from last week and based off of the history digging and everything that we found, um, what do you, I want to hear your thoughts about this. There's just too much. I mean, I'm someone who, you know, I, it, given the person's reputation, I'll, I'll take them for their word at a point. Uh, but going back, if you're able to see that much flip-flopping on 
you know, what this animal is and just mislabeling, then yeah, you should have some questions. Right. And that, I think that's what we're left with. We're left with questions, right? And if you needed to to get those questions answered, who is the only person that can answer those questions? Uh, well, I guess you could say Bob Clark or Travis Cubis, seeing as it seems like that's where the animals originated from. Uh, right. Cubis is, is in prison, so there's n- not really a way to have him go back through his records, if and I there think are he, any. I think, I think he might even be out, but even then... I don't think anybody has been able, like, I I feel like with Garrett doing that video with TK, like if TK was out and he was able to actually be, to get a hold of, like he would have gotten him to do that video with him. Right. Um, I I just don't even think there's a way to, to even, um, get a hold of him. But yeah, I mean, at least for me, like the information that I would need to be asking is like, where did the Kalatoa come from? That original 2013, you know, Calto that came from again that wild caught anery. Um, what other questions? Uh, that clutch that you produced in 2014 that you labeled Calto was that from randomly different animals, right? That that you and got as adults. That you have to ask about you know if he if he ever labeled them modus or if he ever considered them modus in his his mind just based on how they looked because they weren't labeled at that point. Right. And, um, you know, did you buy them as Cal or, or, or as Jam Payas originally? And like, so I mean, with so, the labeling, I would doubt it. Uh, it seems right. like the labeling, he probably bought them as pure SD, which. Right. I mean, now, and that could have been a statement it, that that could have been a statement that Gavin just kind of said from left field. Right. Like that, that, you know, there's the, the, the statement that Gavin made uh, on the retake nation about, you know, Bob Clark originally importing those as, as uh jampeas like that could have been a different import that could have been different information but um yeah so uh, what i'm trying to get at here is that like i'm not trying to like without a doubt say like absolutely not that the tk line is not superdorf right um but at the end of the day for me to feel secure on calling them, or, or I'm sorry, Kalatoa. I said Superdorf. But I guess for me, like in order for me to actually be like, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, other than like, you know, we weren't there in the wild to collect them. Um, I, there's there's just like way too many questions that I have that really need solid answer. And if there's anything that the new buyers and people interested in locality, like are, are buying animals because they want pure localities is that they have their questions answered and feel secure that they are buying that said locality. Yeah. And like, like I mentioned in the last episode, it all comes down to trust uh, from the people that bought these things from importers, uh, trust in the importers themselves, because, you know, they're not just collecting from one place. They're getting animals from all over. Um, right. So, yeah, it's, it comes down to a lot of trust, and that's probably why I don't. I mean, that's a part of why I don't care to get into you just pure localities. Your, you just punch your computer accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, and this just goes to reiterate to you guys that are new that are coming in, like, don't, you know, trust is a big thing, like Nathan said, but don't just take someone's word that what you're getting is what you're getting and do some research because I, even as long as I've been doing the locality stuff, which again, not that long, only like five years, but I bought a TK Kalatoa mail that I have right now uh, as a TK Kalatoa. That's what I bought it at. And I was like, oh, it's a TK. Everyone knows that line. It's a Kalatoa. And then someone kind of just was like whispered in my ear about like those might not be. And that took me through a rabbit hole. And and uh, this is the result. Right. Um, All I can tell you is, you know, from my experience seeing them in person and seeing plenty of pictures posted, you know, they're going to stay small. They're beautiful. They're great animals. The parents of my TKs are 11 or 11 feet. I mean, small is a relative term always with retics. I mean, well, yeah, they're they're, they're not mainland. Like they're, they're going to stay manageable size retics for sure. Um, yeah, I just go back down to the implications and I'm going to kind of nerd out for a second, kind of what I mentioned before, but like um, with all the questions that are being asked about the TK Kalatoa stuff um, in this episode and whether whatever conclusions you, you know, people have asked me before, like about like this whole wave and movement about starting a new name for the TK stuff because of the domestic violence. Like I'm not trying to start a movement here. I'm not trying to say that like everybody needs to not call their TK stuff Kalatoa anymore. I'm just, I'm I'm here to ask you guys is the information that we have provided you guys enough to really consider this a pure locality Kalatoa, because if there are way too many questions that are not answered, we have done so much damage to what Kalatoas are actually established in our true locality Kalatoa in the U.S. because just about everything, almost everything, has been taken into a TK. And we we probably now, you know, if let's say there's too many questions on the TK that you have decided to decide to say that's a Kalatoa, I could count like less than five. Like I could use one hand to count the number of other Kalatoa lines that have been bred that haven't been crossed into TK. And so, you know, I, we did an episode on, on, uh, uh, localities with Eric. I mean, it's Lee just like the, why you would want to take any other locale to your turn. just color thing. Right. Like, so if you're crossing localities or if you're making morphs and everything, again, I see how that's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Like my, my, my TK animal that I have, Super well, vibrant yellow. I don't think anyone did any of this maliciously either. I think no, you no, know, it's not just at all. a problem of labeling. Right. It's it and so um yeah, I mean it's it's just one of those things where like, you know, if we truly are talking about the preservation of locality and trying to just keep pure lines pure lines for those that want pure lines, like we've gotten ourselves into a really big rut with Kalatoa. Um we talked about a few a while ago on like the Maluku spotlight and, and uh, also talking about the, uh, or locality talk and the locality talk with uh, Eric Lee with Kalatoas as like Kalatoas being one of the, uh, uh, what was the word that we used? Uh, uh, sustainable. 
right? One of the most sustainable localities out there. But now that this information has surfaced, like how sustainable is Kalatoa actually? That's a question that you guys need to ask. All right, guys, appreciate you guys for listening this week. Let us know what you guys think in the comment. Um, is this far-fetched? Is this something that you guys are, um, you know, wanting to find some more information? If you guys have any more information to provide, like we're not, we're not about uh, more information coming to light to kind of save the value of TK being a Calto or not. So appreciate you guys as always, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>